Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships, and empowerment. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello. We're recording from the car today because uh, we've got some renovations going on at home. So different setting, set and setting. We'll see how it goes. But today's episode is all about money and money mindset. I've definitely gone down the money mindset route for sure. And Chaz has informed me he's gone down a bit of a little philosophical rabbit hole as well. But I actually think this is this is the part that is really important for people to understand about money because once you understand the deeper idea ideas there uh it becomes this less scary thing to talk about because for a long time people were like sex politics and money you don't talk about it it's like taboo subjects so our favorite things to talk about <laughs> yeah yeah politics not so much on my end i think like when people think they're talking about politics, they don't realise they're vicariously talking about politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, like social Anytime issues. you're talking about any kind of policy or like ideology um, that's occurring in society right now, you're talking politics. Like it doesn't have to literally be about a politician. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're... Whether it's like, um, like the new... Like, well, it doesn't even have to be a law. I was going to say laws, but if you're talking about COVID or mm. if you're talking about, um, I don't know, I can't, can't, can't really think of anything right now. Yeah, gay um, marriage. Yeah. It de- right. depends on how you look at it. Like, people see it as a social issue, but it's actually a political thing as well because that's the society we live in. Talking about money, like, has to do with politics. You know what I mean? Like, how you get to use your money is, mm. is controlled by the government. Yeah. So... That all of yeah. Anytime you talk about anything, is like it gets political in some sense. Yeah, very true. So, how I wanted to start the podcast uh, is with the question: What is money? And you kind of alluded to it already. So, the more you ask the question, "What is money?" the deeper you can go. So, obviously, my immediate thought is like cash. Cash is money, but at the end of the day, it's just a concept that we've created that we all agreed upon. That we all believed in. And they say this in Sapiens, which I had the book with me, but oh, it's up the top there. Um, he talks about just like the whole idea behind us all uniformly agreeing on a, a concept is what has kept us functioning as a larger society. I think we've talked about before how like people in in, in like tribes in groups can only survive you know 150 people the bigger the the more people it gets the harder it is for the the group to function and so the reason that we can function in such larger groups now with billions of people is because we have these ideas and these concepts that kind of tie us together so for some people it's religious like religious concepts but money is also a concept that we've created because back in the day you could a farmer could trade three sheep to a man who wanted to marry his daughter or people could trade flour for milk and it wasn't it was still an exchange and to to me that's what money is money is an exchange you provide this service i'll exchange you with money and then i can use that money to purchase food for me to eat and that company is like i will give you food if you give me this thing. Yeah. So that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. Do you have any, like, do you want to keep going with that? No, I, w- I actually want to know what, if, if that ties into what you were kind of saying at all. Um, yeah, well, it, it does in some sense. Uh, my thoughts is, like, uh, I kind of l- latch on to when you say my, um, you do something in order to make money, you have to provide some kind of service. And to me, the, the word service is the, the idea I latch onto. Um, and so, like, the best way to make money is to be undeniably good at something. Um, and the key, the key to that is that something that you're undeniably good at has to either make other people's time more pleasurable or you have to make other people's time more effective, mm. right? So those are the two key things there. 
But at the end of the day, the only way you're going to make money is by serving others, mm. right? You don't make money by serving yourself. You have to provide something. If you don't provide something to the greater community, mm. you don't make money, yeah. right? You actually get cast out by the community. It's a reward. It's literally a reward. Thank you for your service. Here's two pence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so money is also innately tied to time. Um, and it doesn't matter like how you look at it, even if you're someone who's super, super skilled and um, they get charged solely for like a job's completion and they might be able to do it really, really quickly um, because they're highly skilled. But at the end of the day, that, that job that you completed had a time cost to it, right, to you. Mm-hmm. And so depending on how good you are at something, you'll get paid more um, relative to how good you are at that skill set. And so time and money have this like really, really strong relationship. So in, in essence, in my mind, money is a value system placed on time that is used to base your value that you can give to the community. And the more value you can give to the community the more money you'll collect for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest, the biggest thing to wrap your head around is we all want more time to spend with the, either people you love or the things you love doing. Mm-hmm. And once, once you realize that, you okay, you have to realize that your ability to make money or provide a service is fundamentally attached to how you want to spend the rest of your life outside of doing that. Mm. And so you want to have, you want to have a clear picture of the person you're trying to be or the person you are Mm. in yourself and how you want to spend or feel in your free time and do the things that allow you to make enough money to trade that for time to allow you to do the things that give you purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the other thing is there, like, uh, I really like the idea of how money is attached to service, right? Service to others. And it's so interesting to me how, and like all religious ide- ideologies tend to have this um, perspective as well. But anytime you do something um, in service of others without pay, you are now investing into yourself, into your soul, right? And so that's how you get fulfillment. So do things of service without pay and you will feel like, you are bettering yourself and and almost like in an enlightening sense, right? You'll feel this like fulfillment and purposefulness and you'll feel like you've actually done something good for the community that um, gives back for what you already have. And so like for me, for instance, like going down and assisting like the under 21s at their training for basketball and just giving up my free time to do that. Um, I benefit from it in some way, but also they benefit from me just giving up my time to be there. And that's like an act of service by me. And I end up leaving feeling really good after it as well because I'm like, oh, hopefully, or a lot of the time, I, I, like you notice, if it's a good session, you notice, like, oh, I made an impact that training session. There were some gems they took away that now they can use to be a more efficient person than the thing they love, right? And so I've, mm-hmm. I've served them in some sense. So I, I've kind of felt that it, when we're talking about like community as well, even for instance, like your immediate community. So like we live with your family and that when it was your mum's birthday, I, I just thought of all how much she is giving of like love and of service to all of us. And I just really wanted to make her a cake and I'd never made carrot cake before, but like the feeling I got from doing this thing just out of love almost like just wanting to give I didn't get anything in return I didn't expect anything in return it felt so good yeah um and then that person benefits from that it's like a, it's an exchange of um ooh, time time but also value 
an exchange of whatever it is that you value an exchange of love can can be what you can be doing from giving an exchange of energy so like people that come and see me for beauty some of them most of them come for for my skill ability but some of them are also coming because they like the feeling they get when they are on the bed or in the salon or uh, spending time away from work and home or connecting with me and so money can be an investment in like how you want to feel which I guess is also where people go wrong with um what's it called like retail therapy they're consistently searching for this like particular feeling but it's it's not necessarily a helpful habit 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 to be having yes Mm. um something that I wanted to touch on that you kind of spoke about and I've been thinking about recently after listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast was the idea of like unity that we're all connected and I don't mean that in the ethereal like consciousness sense I mean that which uh, I mean that in the sense that every single person has a purpose within the community whether that's broader or smaller community and without that person society doesn't function in the way that it works so when we talk about purpose a lot of people think like I have to have this big purpose where I help save the poor or um you know and for me it was like helping people work through their emotional shit or like the stuff that's holding them back which it still is but it can also be on a smaller level like me servicing people through beauty therapy I that adds value to the community because it allows them to de-stress for 30 minutes to an hour of their life and that's value that you literally can't place money on like it's priceless and so people are willing to invest in that but going back to the broader topic of no matter how you earn money you are providing service to the greater whole of humanity and without you doing that we wouldn't be able to function the way that we do. Yeah. I find it funny that you're like, you can't put a money on, on your ser- like a monetary value on your service, but yet you charge. It's priceless is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> um, I mean that in the way, like the way, the value that it brings me to go see Rita, for example, for a massage is like the value I get from it is priceless. Like I would pay, I would pay for that. Does that make sense? Uh, Are you just nitpicking my words now? No, yeah, I I understand. Well, like it, you literally do pay for it. it. No, actually, I don't. We do an exchange, so I give her a facial. But I, I guess I am technically paying for it in a sense. I'm paying for it out of my time and my energy. But we do an exchange there. Yeah. And and that's I guess that in that exchange is both of you doing that that you're doing a service without pay, and that's why it's like so beneficial for yourself, mm. right? Because you're both giving to each other without an expectation of of necessarily collecting this money, mm-hmm. right? You're 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 just doing it out of solely service, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a beautiful thing. I I guess um, what you touched on before because you kind of tied in with um, family a little bit there. Mm. Um, and, like, money always tends to make me me think about family because, because it's so innately tied with time. And I think one of the biggest questions a human being will ever ask themselves or one of the biggest decisions they'll ever make in their life is are you going to have a family right and you have to have that question knuckled down with your partner i probably would even go as far as saying i wouldn't engage in a relationship with someone who doesn't agree upon that issue with me like if 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 i was to meet a girl and she was gonna be like I don't want kids, then I would probably be like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. Because to me, that is one of the fundamental foundations to a fulfilling life Mm -hmm. is creating more life. And then 
being of service for that life mm-hmm. and that's what like providing for the community literally by bringing a human being into the to your life and nurturing them in a way that you know makes them not makes them a good person but i mean i guess technically makes them a good person you're giving to society as well a hundred percent yeah there's there's bigger ramifications for it mm-hmm. um but i think just like in in within the family structure like a a, a good parent is a, a parent who who is doing it out of um selflessness mm. um and so that that question will force you um to question time like no other event uh, event that'll happen in your life right when when you start pondering if i'm going if i'm going to have a family or if i want to have a family how can i structure my work environment which allows me to earn money in a way that satisfies the lifestyle in which my children will live and that was something that pushed me towards being a teacher was the fact that I realized that strength and conditioning was going to put push me towards a lifestyle where I was going to be working evenings more than I was going to be working throughout the day mm. and well, mornings like early mornings as well exactly and so that 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 immediately said to me alarm bells I'm never going to see my kids. Mm-hmm. And so if I keep going down this direction and even if I end up running the business, um, like the only way I could get out of that rat race if I did go that direction was to end up having employees work under me and them do the work for me so I could then have the freedom to spend that time with my family. Mm-hmm. But that that like is a bit of a risk of a gamble in itself um, because there's no guarantee that actually pans out for me mm. and so I decided well teaching definitely has that balance for me and I've already got like this innate ability to um, to disseminate knowledge to people mm. and I was doing that through strength and conditioning and coaching as it was um, and I've always been coaching as a basketball coach I knew I was going to be good at it and it just it just balanced that lifestyle. So now that I've got that, um, I can look to having kids and be confident I will be the oh I can be the father I want to be, um, which it, which is awesome. I also just wanted to point out how often movies play out the archetype of the heroic father. A lot of the time, it plays out in like cop movies. And so there's like the the father who wished he spent more time with his kids, mm-hmm. but instead he just like got lost in his career. Mm-hmm. And um, as he got lost in his career, he just became this lone wolf, right? And he kind of is not very accepting of others around him. He's just always abrasive to everyone. He shoots from the hips. Um, and then he'll always end up getting teamed up with this younger adolescent guy or, or girl that kind of like makes him rethink or reminds him of the family he has mm. but never spent time with and it like it, it starts to spark the seed within him where he starts to just contemplate reconnecting and it always in the movie um they inevitably return to rekindling their relationship with um their loved ones that they missed out on just before they either die or something something happens to them right but they have that like that comeback story that we just always love as humans you know that that connecting it full circle because we always want the happy ending mm-hmm. but they always realize that what at the very last moment just before the end they realize that what he truly should have invested his time into instead of his career was family well, that's where it's an interesting one, right? So people think that he... Let's take this imaginary character. He would think that he needs to stay... He's stuck in this job. He's stuck in this job because he's worked for it and because it earns him a certain amount of money that allows his family to have a certain lifestyle. So in his head, he thinks he's doing it for his... He's like, I am doing this for my family, which is true. 
However, if you're never seeing your family, if you're never getting to experience the, the enjoyment and love of your family and connecting with them because you're so burnt out all the time and you're always working, then it, you're really not doing it for your family anymore. And, and that's where you have to reevaluate why am I why am I earning money? Mm. Why am I doing this? And at the end of the day, a, a character like that, if you're paying for a certain lifestyle, you have to question, do I care more about this lifestyle or do I care more about spending time with my family? Which is, which is another huge question. And it's a question that I had too. It's like when you're thinking about like the job that you're in or the career you want to pursue, why are you earning money? What is it for? And that has been the biggest motivator for me to earn more money. That was a, a and and like you touching back on, you know, when you were choosing to do teaching or staying with strength and conditioning. That's why I've always wanted to do beauty therapy because I get to work from home, which means I get to see my kids. I get to choose my hours, which means I get to be able to provide meals and and everything like that to a family. That's always been my bigger idea, and so. Yeah, especially in your mid-20s, if you haven't already had kids, you're starting to look at like, okay, well, what is... You can start to feel a bit lost because it's just, you know, easy to go into down the career route. Or just like even just eat, sleep, rinse, repeating just the same social events over and over and over. And you start to like... It becomes mundane. You, you begin, begin to be bored of that that like go out have drinks mm. social event right but it mm. it it loses its power mm-hmm. because it is unfulfilling in the end of things it's important to socialize mm. right like having a good social group is very important but what do you all have to share with each other that's important like who cares about your career at the end of the day like the the conversation about like unless you're doing something really interesting right like most of the time like career conversations like they go nowhere right (laughs) yeah they they go nowhere and so like if you're just eat sleep rinse repeating the same cycle over and over and over and it isn't for something bigger than yourself um you you're doomed to just be in this like well it's the whole idea of um einstein's statement about insanity you know, like if if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, then that's the definition of insanity. But the same thing as if like the other way around is like if you do nothing over and over and over and you expect the same result, that is also insanity. Yeah. So there has to be a nice balance. Something that came up for me was the idea, especially, and I'm, I'm just thinking back to, you know, being in your early to late 20s not knowing what where you're going or what future you want to have in terms of you know family or no family you really oh i've lost my train of thought uh oh it clearly wasn't important oh uh it's easier for people to fill up their time with more work and make more money rather than making space for the thing that they want so a great example is uh, you talked about someone that you met who was a mechanic and they no longer had a partner but they really wanted a family and they were choosing to instead like open a new shop. Yeah, they they got like a promotion. Yeah. And um, I asked him, it was like at a bar and um, I hadn't seen this kid in a long time. He's like a fair bit younger than me, but he, he played like under 18s basketball or something and that's where I recognized him from. But he... He obviously looked up to me a fair bit because he knew me by name um, and I hadn't had much to do with the guy before. But um, I asked him like genuinely how he was going and he he gave me a genuine response, props to him. And he was like, yeah, not good. And I was like, oh, really? What's going on? And he's like, oh, he he was a bit blank about it. I was like, you got a girlfriend? And he's like, nah, like, we broke up a while ago. And I was like, oh, really? That's not good. Why is that? Um, he's like, yeah, not sure, really. And I was like, how's work? What do you do for work? He's like, uh, he's a mechanic. And I asked him, I was like, oh, do you enjoy it? And he's like, not really. And I was like, what, what do you want from your life? And he kind of like 
point into like a, a family kind of thing and um and then he's like but i got a promotion at work though and i was like what's that mean for you and he's like oh i earn a lot more money i was like are you working more he's like yeah and i said to him i was like but you said you don't enjoy the job and he's like thought about it he's like yeah that's true and i kind (laughs) of i didn't need to i probably like should have just mind my own business at that point but i love trying to help people i was like sounds to me you need a change and this is what you should do you should find a part-time job, quit your job, work part-time, establish what you want. Mm. Just do the math, right? Like work out exactly how much your expenses are right now. Get a job that can meet your expenses just with a little bit more money so you can do something social mm. and then just free up all your time so you can explore other avenues. Mm. If you don't do that, you'll be miserable. Mm. Um, and I left the conversation at that and I just left it with him and, uh, my other mate, Nathan came in and he, and he was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, Chaz is just dropping wisdom on me. Uh-huh. And, um, I kind of left the convo, but yeah, it was interesting just to, like, he was actively making this decision to go down this route because I guess cultural values told him that was the right thing to do in some sense also he's probably thinking like in his head well i don't have a girlfriend now it doesn't look like i'm gonna have a family anytime soon so i may as well just jump in and and make all this money but when you do that you you're crunching up more of your time then you don't have time for a girlfriend or to fight to even try to find money and have time for a family and so you have to really assess what if the trade-off is worth it in your opinion it's a hard thing for a young man but like I, i felt for him in some sense um, because there's a lot of expectations on guys to meet a lot of areas of criteria to get a suitable spouse. And like earning a, a reasonable wage seems like one of them. Um, and I can understand why that makes sense because, again, even though we're living in a time of equality and women want to, like, be driven and get their own careers and things like that but in men's eyes and in the back of their minds they're still aware that at some point you have to provide for a family Mm. and if you when your wife gets pregnant she's not working like that's just fact like i don't care how much equality you want to ram down everyone's throats as soon as you get pregnant and you start having kids someone has to be making the majority of the money and you're going to be home if you're the woman inevitably for a certain amount of time to raise that newborn infant even if you go back to your career one of you has to do it right and it just makes logical sense for the guy to be that person but the other thing is is like if you're sacrificing like he was because i could tell he was like he was out of shape from when i last saw him and he needed to like really address his health like that's an attractive thing to a woman as well like money's not the only thing like if you're a healthy guy that's fit and you've looked after yourself and you're going to carry yourself with a little bit more confidence because you're fit now, you feel good about yourself, um, you're going to be a really attractive mate. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, your spiel on equality makes me, and you you know, women going on mat leave and then coming back to work and choosing to take their kids to childcare instead of raising them on their own, that all comes down to values and if you're aligned with your values or not. So... Like, our values may be different to other people's values. I would really love to spend time raising my child throughout their early years instead of giving them to daycare. And that's that means that, yes, you do have to provide to a certain extent and I will have to work around raising a child to make money. But in, in other ways, other people value other things maybe they value money more they value the fulfillment that they get from their career instead of raising their kids and that's okay too it's Mm. all dependent on what you really value at the end of the day um but that it's interesting i I wanted to use that word because that's something else that you slightly touched on earlier was where you spend your money should be in what you value and that's where you will find like a better relationship with money so a great example is we spend a lot on our grocery shop so that we get fr- vegetables are fucking expensive now we spend a lot on our 
on fresh, healthy foods because we value health. That's one of our principal values is like health and fitness and mobility. Another thing uh, that I think of is our coffee dates every Saturday morning. We're willing to spend the money on a coffee date because we value quality time with one another. And then we're also willing to spend our money on occasional gatherings with friends and occasional activities like that because we value friendship and we value love in our friends. And so where you're spending your excess money, not on your necessities, but on your on the things that you enjoy, your spare money, what are you spending it on? Because that's what you're telling yourself you value. So if you're spending it on going out every weekend and getting drunk like you were talking about earlier... Yes, you can see that as you're spending on socializing, but if you're getting so drunk beyond the point where you're actually, you know, have being able to be sociable and, and you're waking up with a hangover the next day, what is it that you're really spending your money on then? Like, what is it that you're valuing? And so that's my biggest tip when it comes to like spending and money is understanding that what you invest in is what you've, you're saying that you value. Yeah. And if you want to actually have a good relationship with money, spending it on the things that you value majority of the time oh, those are good points mm-hmm. i think um it's interesting like with uh women going back to work after having like kids um i guess i kind of neglect the fact that they might get a sense a strong sense of purpose from the job they actually do mm-hmm. predominantly because i think most people work for exactly what you're saying to provide the things they want outside of their work experience. And if you're genuinely doing a job because you find it very, very fulfilling, um, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you should definitely keep doing that job. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing a job just to upkeep a certain lifestyle that's just excessive and is damaging to the human beings you're raising and you're not spending time with them and you're just living in like a eight bedroom house with a nice pool that you never use um your kids don't really care that you got an eight bedroom house with a pool if you're never there to spend time with them in it Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter you're better off having a three bedroom and being around them and they're gonna like love you and you're gonna love them so much more um so that's the direction i kind of go but i think that's awesome yeah if people are uh, like genuinely getting purpose out of their work uh, all props to them i think to uh, coming back to social norms if or also a lack mindset if you're looking at what you don't have and you're seeing what other people do have and you're comparing that and you're saying oh i live at home or i live in this one bedroom apartment but i really want that beautiful like minimalistic aesthetic house that is sits on a hill and has a pool and has five bedrooms and three bathrooms and if you're going for the materialistic items you're not going to be fulfilled does that make sense oh it does make sense um if that's why you're earning money if your why is i want that thing there's always going to be new things that you want there's always going to keep you stuck in this loop of making money for an external purpose yeah instead of placing it on a thing um place it on like, well, instance, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting that thing if it provides space for... A family. A family. Yeah. Right, so maybe place it... Place the things on the human beings mm. that you're actually providing it for. Mm. And then and then that'll maybe give you a better idea of what you actually need um, rather than what capitalism is pushing you towards. It'll also... It'll bring that fulfillment and motivation as well. When you have a deeper, like, why behind something, it really pushes you to want to do the things that you do. Um, where was I going to go with that? Shall we talk about some some actual money money logic Yeah, now? let's talk about, like, the... the, <laughs> the, the are you talking about, like, budgeting and numbers and stuff? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. So... Every, I want to say every two to three months, I have an, I update an Excel spreadsheet, which has all the things that we need to spend money on as a couple. So rent, electricity, gas, water, which we're not actually paying, um, groceries, phone bills, car insurance, Red Joe, um, and Disney Plus, I've added onto that. 
it sounds like we're not paying water because we're choosing not to, but we, we just that's just not one of our expenses we have to pay for, yes. just to be clear. Yeah. We're just skipping that bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't value water. <laughs> uh, and the last one was natural cycles. Now, yeah. I want to talk about Disney and natural cycles because the other five or six that I listed are necessities for us to be able to get to work and eat every week and survive. But Disney Plus we pay for because we value the entertainment that we get from it. And Natural Cycles is actually something that allows me to make sure that I'm not pregnant or or track, you know, ovulation and, and stuff like that, which is really important to me to have peace of mind. And so I'm willing to put that in my... It sounds so Daily funny expenses. how much we just spoke about, like, family. But we're like, but we're trying not to have it. <laughs> not right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people are feel very avoidant at looking at their budgeting. And it's, to me, it's been coming from a very uh, a lack mindset around money, a lot of fear and stress around money. It has been so pivotal for me to be able to see how much money actually needs to go out, how much money we are spending. And it's also really funny to see like how inflation has occurred over the years as well mm. in, in all of that budgeting as well. But um, we first got on to, I guess, really looking at our money when mum gave me the Barefoot Investor and he was saying, you know, 60% of your earnings should be going to your ex- daily living expenses, which I would say is pretty accurate for us. Um, yeah, definitely be close. It'd definitely be close for sure. Mm. Um, if you count spending spending money in it. We we pr- we definitely save way more than than that book was recommending. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because we really want to be able to purchase a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like to talk actual logic with regards to m- money tips like First of all, like a simple one is just make all of your funds transferred automatically. Um, so that way you don't like don't have all of your money in one account. That is just the dumbest way to handle your money. Mm. It's the quickest way to ensure you spend all the money you have. And it's also the quickest way to constantly run into issues of not knowing how much you need to cater for for all of your expenses. So have a separate account for your expenses um, that all of your expenses are already pre-budgeted for. You understand how much you need to set aside, whether that's monthly, weekly, fortnightly, mm-hmm. um, and have an account that's just solely catered for that. Then have your allocated spending money that you should, like, you will have an idea of how much, and if you don't have an idea, you need to work out how much you spend on a regular basis throughout the weekends or throughout the week, whether that's just like getting your coffees or eating lunches or going out for drinks with your friends or whatever that might be. Um, we live really, really frugally. Um, I like, I budget myself, um, two fifty a fortnight of spending money. I never spend all of it. And I, I purposely never spend all of it because I try and like, I try and save my spending money slowly. And things inevitably pop up within that. And I could be actually probably budgeting more with more discipline within that. So that way I'm catering for like, I got a mate who has literally every single person's gift that he could possibly provide for throughout the whole entire year, already pre-planned, budgeted it out, including Christmas presents for each individual family member and work um, birthday presents that might pop up. Like he's got it to the absolute smallest detail mm. covered for. And like I've thought about doing that, uh, but uh, like I understand why he does it because he's in the scenario where he's got two kids, one family income. So it makes sense to really have a clear picture that detail. But right now with just us not being in that scenario, I don't think it's necessary. And so I just slowly let it pull up. And then when presents and Christmas stuff pop up, I'll just, I'll just spend and I'll have the money there. Or if we want to go on a weekend away, like the money hopefully is there or I'll purposely then be like, okay, this is when that's coming up. I'll save up for it with my spending money. Um, then all of, I have a specific, or we have a specific savings account anything in there does not get touched that's a no-go zone like your saving account has to be a no-go zone do not redraw on your savings account and the biggest reason to have a savings account if you have a savings account 
is to buy your first house or a house of some sort. Because inflation, the way inflation works, your money is slowly devaluing no matter what. And so having like a bulk amount of savings is actually in, in some sense on the grand scale, scale of things economically stupid unless you can use those, that savings to leverage yourself accruing more wealth. And the best way to do that, do that is property. Like in real estate, it's like one of the safest um, investments you can ever make. So like once you get to the point where you can invest into a home, you probably should and that'll ensure that you will continually make more money back on your investment over time. And, and for those of you that perhaps are like, oh, I can't save, I can't save that much. Like it's hard to see how I can save that much. Start with 10%. That's what I used to do when I worked at Cotton On. I would save 10% of my pay each week because it's such a small, it's a small enough number that there's a big chance you're not going to redraw on your savings account, but it's also, it's actually also something definitely going in every fortnight to that savings account. So, you know, like if you have a casual job or something like that, just dedicate that 10% to start off with. If you can, if you can genuinely afford more than that, do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Definitely do not save more than you can actually sacrifice saving. Um, my in my head when when Ashley says ten percent alarm bells go off, I just I, I immediately think, holy dooly, you're not saving enough. But but that's for people because people in casual jobs that makes sense. Yeah, and that's because you can afford to yeah. do more than ten percent. That's why it freaks you out because you're like, where is all the other money going then? <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a fire extinguisher account. Yeah, which is like a barefoot investor's idea. Yeah. You can explain that if you want. So. It's where a, a certain portion... So the Barefoot Investor says 60% to a, a daily expenses account, 20% to savings, 10% to uh, your spending, whatever you want to spend it on, and then 10% to another account, which is fire extinguisher, which is the in case of an emergency. And this is so you don't pull out of your savings account. So you're constantly seeing that savings number which you should be looking at every now and then you're constantly seeing that savings number go up and that fire extinguisher is there in case of like the other week my um i thought my air conditioning just needed regassing but turns out i needed actual parts exchanged and fixed and i didn't have a belt (laughs) in there so we pulled from the fire extinguisher which was actually even hard for me to say like i didn't want to spend the money but that's why we have the fire extinguisher and it hurts less because it's not coming out of the savings we have to buy a house yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, it didn't bother me at all because we've got that system set up. But I, I, my brain really, really likes having those rigid structures. So yeah. if, like, if, if, I, if it's already been accounted for, I feel fine about it. Mm-hmm. If something's changing that we haven't thought about, then I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. brain's just spasming. Um, but yeah, it's so good having that. Um, we're kind of doing it a little bit off kilter in some sense because you, you're supposed to have like a, a reasonably big pool of money in there. Um, but like we probably had close to 8k in the fire extinguisher so like it's a reasonable amount of money but this is like literally in case some kind of like crazy health circumstance might pop up as well we don't we don't have private health insurance either um i play heaps and heaps of sport yeah so like the big thing for me as well is like god forbid but like if i was to like tear my acl or something like that um i could i could pay for like private private health and get like my knee repaired if I needed to or whatever it is and not have to like go on the weight system, be out of work um, and have all these repercussions because I didn't think ahead about that. So we, we're effectively funding our own private health in, in is the way I see it. Yeah. Um, but it's also for like car emergencies or anything that pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done it the way Barefoot Investor recommends because... It's such a substantial amount of money that I see it um, far better off the majority of the chunk of that money sitting in my um, savings account because I'll accrue far more interest on it. And so I keep probably like two and a half grand for emergencies um, because like little things normally end up popping up that that are going to be less than that. And then um, 
if an emergency pops up, I pay for it, and then I'll just slowly uh, funnel money back in to fill that that void back up over time from our expenses account, mm-hmm. um, and have that money accruing interest in our savings maximizer. Uh, and ING right now is just crushing the savings game with four point oh six percent. Yeah, if you're not already with ing the 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 only downside which isn't that big of a downside is that they don't have physical banks so you can't like physically deposit cash but you can get cash out and ing they have no bank fees so if you're with one of the big banks and you're over the age of 22 there's a good chance that you're paying fees every month to have a bank account which, which is crazy. Which is crazy because at the end of the day, you're spending, you could be, instead of spending a certain amount of money a year, like $100 a year for a bank account, you could be earning money mm. by being with a bank like ING where you don't pay bank fees and you earn 4% interest on your savings. Like you earn money. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely wild. So. Yeah. And it equates to a fair bit by the end of the year. Like it's, it's, it's a couple... It's a couple grand, maybe close to three now, um, that will probably accrue. And the more money, obviously, you'll you'll accrue more. Um, but like all the things that you could pay for with that money, like that's car regos, that's insurance. Like there's so many things, and also it's compounding on itself. And so that was another thing, like I wrote down, um, that's important if you're going to look at like how to how to be better with your money. Make sure you understand compound interest, because compound interest is really the best way to develop wealth over time but it also is important to understand with regards to like if you get in get a loan um that's what banks are leveraging in order to make money off you and so if you've got a house loan or a car loan it's very very important to ensure you pay that off as fast as you possibly can in order to ensure that you're not paying double the price of your original purchase because the interest um, accruing there it, it, it's compounding on top of itself and so there there you have to pay the interest on top of the loan and if you're not paying that off like some people just choose to solely pay only the interest on their house loans but you never pay down the initial value of the house and then you're effectively just paying the bank forever and that's that's just renting Mm -hmm. and so you're just you're just betting on the value of the house going up which it will inevitably um and is an awesome way to leverage purchasing another house if you're just going to draw upon that money out in the value of your house increasing to buy another property um but it's it's always best to get those loans down particularly at the start of the loans where the money that there is highest because that's when the interest is going to be at its largest largest cost value mm-hmm. um the other thing i i put down like so if you do have a savings account that should be and even if you're young like if you're like in high school and you got your first job like i'd be very impressed if anyone actually did this um but if you can start saving for your house straight away and just have have that mindset from the get-go, you're going to set yourself up in a, in a position to be like a really well-off person. Um, I, but I would say like purchase, purchase of the house is probably the, your first big purchase you want to make um, and it is a really good loan to have. Like don't be afraid of that kind of debt. Mm. Um, but ensure that you don't redline your... Yeah. your ability to draw out on because you don't want to default on that either mm-hmm. um the other thing is don't buy a brand new car yeah <laughs> like that that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do just simply because the loan in the loan repayments on a brand new car like the interest can be so high on them and these days they get you with just they make it seem like the repayments aren't that much by just making you pay over a longer amount of years for the car and so you're like oh i can afford 120 dollars a week no problem but you're paying that for seven years or whatever it might be and so you end up paying like double maybe even like time and a half of that for the value of what that car actually was over the lifespan of the loan which is stupid um so you're better off just buying a car outright 
get yourself a cheap car that does the job you need it to do. Yeah, reliable. Toyota Corollas, baby. Toyota, yeah, anything Toyota is pretty good. Or Hondas, any kind of Honda, like Honda, Honda Accords, like get yourself a Honda Accord. Those yeah. things just like keep going forever. They're nice, they're comfy, they got luxury interiors that you could get for pretty cheap. Just don't buy a 2004 one. Yeah, that was that wasn't fun. <laughs> that was a bit of a lemon. Um, <laughs> but even still, if you get a lemon and like you spent like three, four grand on a car, it's not going to hurt you that much to buy to spend another three, four grand to get another car. Mm. It's it's like it it just save up for another one. It's it's so much better than paying forty, fifty. I've got friends who bought ranges like that are like eighty k, right? And it's like you spent eighty k on a car the lifespan alone you're probably going to spend like over a hundred thousand dollars on a car and you could have had a home that's actually gaining you value well yeah again these are all decisions people make based on what they value and if they're not very clear on what their values are then they're going to be a little lost and i think that's one of the big takeaways from this episode now there's a lot more i'd like to talk about but i think we'd have to split it into a second podcast because we're running low on time like things like investing and what that looks like and and the mentality behind that and i had so much on money mindset and how to like getting clear on why we feel certain ways about money and how to change that but we may have to save that for another episode because i really want to answer a a bit of a a dilemma or question that somebody had about money and what they brought up was they wanted us to talk about the stress of uncertainty with money around casual work having no set hours and then what's the best way to save in that position so we've kind of already talked about that i mentioned the 10 percent save having like Chaz said having those separate bank accounts saving 10% because it's most likely what you can save 10% of each pay but what I wanted to touch on was breaking that phrase down so the stress of uncertainty with money and addressing the stress portion on its own because if you can break the attachment of the feeling to the item or the concept of money it's going to be a lot easier to be karma around money so ident- uh, addressing the, the stress first what can you do to regulate your nervous system because a lot of the time when we're stressed if we're not regulating ourselves we build up the stress even more and then the stress becomes about the thing rather than like addressing the the physical body and that's how we relate stress with money or stress with relationships or or fear with something externally to ourselves and then i wanted to talk about uncertainty So it comes with this idea that money is limited, which is not really true. And there has to be kind of a rewiring around the thoughts around money and understanding that there is always more money to be made and finding the evidence of how you've made it work financially in the past. I think a lot of the time we don't give ourselves credit for how much we've made something work when it looked like we couldn't pay for something and we actually, it actually ended up happening. We're not on the streets whether that's a great example is my $5,000 coaching thing that I did with Luca. I had $5,000, but I had not much more than that. And I started to stress and freak out and not see how I made it work. And so I talked with Chaz a lot and he was like, let's go, go find other things to do. So I made it work. It wasn't a smart decision for me to do the life coaching thing, but I'm glad I did it in the end. But I ended up looking for more side hustles. So there was one that I can't remember the name of, but I would go around and do like, uh, for like coals, I would go and look at an item on a on the shelf, and I would you know say how visible is it. It was uh, what was that word? Feedback. Yeah, feedback. It, mystery shopping. It was yeah. like mystery shopping, and I got paid little amounts for that. I started doing Upwork, so I started making videos for Upwork is a site where you can lend your creative services to a company or to like a social media brand and make money off making videos for them so I did that I started doing DoorDash and then I asked for help from you if you're in the uh, you know the fortunate position to have a partner that you love and trust asking for financial assistance or say like you know being clear about everything like that I made it work for me I, I made myself the money that I needed to make and so a good question also to have is like when has money come to you in a time where you really needed it in expected or unexpected ways maybe someone gave you money for your birthday and 
maybe you, you took it for granted at the time, but maybe you really needed that $100 for petrol that week to make it work. And so really noticing how, not just how have you made it work, but how has money come to you as well? I think remembering that it's always it's always available it's always out there it's not this set it's it's an ethereal concept but it can money can always be made and so rewiring your brain around that yeah oh i i agree with you i think the the biggest thing like where people get stuck with money is money is attached to your skill right so Mm -hmm. if you stop attempting to progress yourself you cap out your monetary value to everyone else. So if you want to earn more money, find a way to get better at whatever it is you're doing mm. and then apply yourself or apply for positions that warrant you getting paid more money or go out and do your own things. I actually was hustling. Um, and But the best part about when she was doing those hustle phase, like she learned so much about marketing and things like that. Now she has all of these skills that can be applicable to all these other areas that gives her more earning ability. Mm. And so if you're stuck and you're like, I'm just not earning enough, but you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, go read a book, go like look up a course, do something to increase your skill set so you are more valuable to your employer or to your own business. And understanding that anything you invest in to upskill, first of all, if it's for work, it's a tax write-off. Um, secondly, it's an investment. You're investing in yourself, not just the work. You, that's another huge thing that I think you have to look at. There's nothing more impressive from an employee perspective than, an employer's perspective. Sorry, an employer's perspective than an employee coming up to them and being like, look, I want to be more valuable to this company. Expressing that you have something to offer them that will make their lives better and then asking them for assistance in getting you to the point where you can be that person that works for them, mm-hmm. right? But you have to bargain that in a way that makes them see value in you for the business not you taking value from them yeah. right because then you're not you there's, there's there's nothing of service that you can provide you have to be the person providing service for them in order to collect more money mm-hmm. but they will they will invest in you and upskill you if you s- show that you have the determination and the want to do it. Mm. But most people don't even go out to to ask or or push to achieve that, right? Yeah. And it's a it it might sound like a scary conversation to have, but it is the most impressive thing. Like if if someone's like got the awareness to do that and can also engage in a conversation like that where they can like deliver it in a way that demonstrates their value to the company mm. or whoever it is. Um, like I, I would be very surprised if you got turned down. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes too, it is about showing your dedication and your commitment. Even if this is just a casual job, I did that for Cotton On for a bit. I would rarely say no to shifts, even though like ideally I would love to be home doing nothing or I would love to be home trying to make stuff for beauty but for a time there I sacrificed that time to prove to them that I am like worthy of their money and their time and I got better responsibilities and because I proved myself for that short period of time then when I wanted to reduce my hours they were fine with it and I still kept that higher level of responsibility um, because they knew my worth Mm -hmm. they knew they I showed that I was dedicated and committed and very quickly when it comes to casual work in this this topic of conversation I had a few things around like why casual why are you doing casual work right so a lot of the time people do casual work maybe they're just getting their foot in the door for a position or maybe it allows them time freedom maybe they like being able to do chase a dream outside of their casual work which a full-time position wouldn't so start looking at how is this how is this casual work actually working for you working for me yeah and because some people see uncertainty as a negative thing and being an entrepreneur i know all about uncertainty but how is that are you chasing certainty or are you chasing uh freedom are you chasing safety of 
making sure you get money every week or are you chasing fulfillment from a passionate job like what is it that you value because if you value certainty more than you value like passion for a hobby that makes money then get that full-time job but if you would rather value fulfillment of a job that you enjoy over the money then do that so really looking at that and we're literally running out of time we've got 20 seconds but uh that was fun that was fun yeah i feel like we've got more to talk about but we'll have to do it another time all right see you bye once again thank you so so much for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please let me know i would love to hear what you liked what you'd want us to explore and also if you are willing to giving the podcast episode a rating and or a review depending on uh, what platform you're listening on we will see you next time (laughs) all right (laughs) that's my new outro (laughs) 